0: got a pretty low bar as is. Well,
1: yeah.
0: To Jurassic Park. Hey everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt Montgomery. I'm here with Trevor Brady, and you know who's missing once again, Jason Greenwood, who is apparently working that poor sap. How are you, Trevor? I'm good.
1: Is that all I, you have I'm, to say? I'm enthusiastic to be here, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll send you home and do this. On I my express own. my enthusiasm. Oh, good. So that's a genuine expression of enthusiasm. Silence. Hmm. No, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be here, Matt. This is episode 30, which is a uh, larger number than we probably thought we'd ever get to. No, I think we'll get to 100. When we started.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I thought we'd like, get to like a thousand Like stable. ten
1: minutes before we recorded the first episode. I was like, this'll be great if we get to like five. Oh yeah. That'll be a success. We got to five in five weeks. <laughs> we did. And now we're thirty, actually. which
0: is great. Yeah, we've missed a few weeks. We apologize for missing the last two weeks. Last
1: week. Didn't we? We had them two week? weeks ago, remember? We talked about this. Did we? Whoever we played right before, San Jose, that's who it was. Oh, and we used all the... We used all the San Jose music. Oh, yeah. And then we played Chivas, and we didn't do anything after Chivas. We were going to do a Chivas preview on Tuesday. Oh, And then we yeah. did And then we thought, well, we'll just do our regular Thursday show.
0: And then we're like, well, playoffs, implications, and then, better on Tuesday. And we did We're like, oh, we'll do it Thursday. And... No, what happened to Tuesday was you were out of town. Oh, yeah. No, it's out of town... Tuesday before Chivas. Which is the Tuesday we're talking about. Yeah. It's a Tuesday in question. Yeah, I was in Los Angeles,
1: actually. What an ugly city. Mm, Disagree. And then we were going to do Thursday, instances. and then something happened, and it didn't happen. But anyway, we do apologize for missing weeks. Trevor apologizes. I don't. I'm Matt already content. apologized, so he would have to take away his apology. I take it back. All right. Matt takes his apology back. Um, and anyway, we're back this week to preview the playoffs. We're not going to talk about Chivas because... Well, we're not going to talk about the game against Chivas. Yeah, we will probably mention Chivas throughout the show, but the game that's is a litmus test or something. The, the game is whatever. Like, do you have any on. litmus paper yeah. so we can do a I litmus test? Don't even know what litmus paper is. It's probably like a blue book.
0: Do You ever have a blue book?
1: I have a Kelly blue book.
0: Did you ever go to college?
1: <laughs> no. Well, that's why you don't know what a blue book is.
0: Uh, it's a book in which you take tests. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Like, for classes.
1: Classes are things you attend. I know what classes are. Oh! It's been a while, but I do remember classes. Oh, good. Alright. Anyway. <coughs> Moving on. What's uh? What's our first item on the agenda? So, today, <coughs> the broiler? Can we call it the broiler? What? Can we call what the broiler?
0: The things coming up. <laughs> <laughs> no? Is that a
1: No. <laughs> I I understand what you're saying. We may be able to call it the broiler without too much trouble. I just splashed water all over myself trying not to cough.
0: That was awful. Look at this.
1: It's pretty embarrassing. I'm an embarrassing individual. Anyway, next up on the agenda. The
0: season recap. Because everybody's itching to talk about the season, right? The weird thing is nobody's really talking about the season we just had. And I know like... What do you mean by that? You know, you'd, you'd expect a lot more introspection right now. And there's basically none. No one is waxing introspective about our season. And so I think it's our well, responsibility to turn our eyes inward.
1: I don't think anybody's waxing introspective on
0: anybody's season. They're, except for the teams that are no longer playing. Yeah. No, I think it's important to to treat the playoffs as a discrete entity. Because I think you can have season success that's not necessarily tied to playoff success. I think there's a... There's, you think there, they're two different things? Well, of course they're two different things. Um, there's a causal link between the two, but it's a weak one. It's not a strong causal
1: link. Okay. As soon as I figure out what the word causal means. Of a related I'll two causes. Argue. Now, <laughs> now, good luck de- deciding what
0: a cause is. That's, Yeah. And not, not that guy from
1: the That's Jello commercials either. Definitely what I'm getting hung up on here. Yeah.
0: Well, no, causes are a tricky thing. You should go to college and study philosophy. Yeah, You'll will, you will find that everything is confusing and the world makes no sense. It's, it's fantastic.
1: Matt, why are we here? I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, we're going to the
0: season recap. All right, season recap. So we broke it into a few different sections two. Three, four. There are four sections here, Trevor. Oh, two different
1: sections of things to talk about, though. First, we'll talk... No, okay, okay. First, we're going to talk about... the. I'm talking about like breaking up RSL's 34-game season. We broke it up into two sections. Because two, that's kind of how the season worked out. We had yeah. the pre-World Cup section. Yep. And then the post-World Cup section. And they were both kind of drastically different. Kind of but also kind have, of drastically different kind of drastically different that's that's a weird one even for you Trevor <laughs> they're
0: almost they're yeah. almost entirely different, so not entirely different,
1: <laughs> so kind of similar you you are almost able to say that they are entirely different anyway, no, I am perfectly able just I don't want to it would be incorrect to say there you go, anyway, so pre world cup we had. One path of the, te- the team the seemed to be going on, and then everything changed with the World Cup and post-World Cup. And it just, to me, it seemed like two sides of the coin. Yeah. If, if, if I our, can if, use that. If cliche. our season is a coin, one it side... had two sides, and one was pre-World Cup, the other was post-World Cup. And there is a small intervening time, which we will call World Cup. See, I suggested we break it up into those three sections. And then you said, no, we'll just do two. Uh, because I think
0: like there's there's <laughs> enough overlap there. The pre World Cup, I would say, includes the World Cup. So does post World Cup. When we're talking about discussions, <laughs> they're not discrete categories.
1: Okay, all right. So there's overlap. Anyway, pre World <laughs> Cup. Let's not forget the way we started off the season.
0: Pretty good. Not bad.
1: Twelve games undefeated. Twelve games
0: undefeated. Six wins, six draws. Which so is certainly- tied. Uh, regular season record and certainly we, there were a few draws that should have been wins yes uh, in fact probably four For, of them uh, three or four at least three uh, and and you know we, we had reason to worry uh, but we, at the same we time we knew that we, a
1: loss was coming
0: oh yeah but at the same time we were you know happy to have gone that far uh, with Kyle Beckerman Nick Romando in the side we were undefeated yes which all season no just, po- just pre World Cup. Pre World Cup. Yeah, uh, it was only once they left that that we lost. Now we did come up against a Seattle side that was playing very well at the time uh, and cope better without you know with with World Cup absences than most. Uh, well, because Obafemi Martins uh, and somehow Chad Barrett had himself a heck of a season. Well, yeah, uh, but Obafemi Martins was you know felt he probably should have gone to the World Cup. I think that kind of lit a
1: fire. In probably them and, should have gone to the World Cup. Yeah, probably. Considering how well Nigeria played. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah? Yeah, so so that loss to Seattle. Uh, it felt like it was coming. Um, but at the same time, it, it's done. And that ends, I think, like that matches where I would draw the line for the pre-World Cup stage. Yeah, I would end the pre-World Cup stage with that loss. We kind of hit reality with that loss. Yeah. Post-World Cup, I would say, is the reality era. Okay. I'm not going to actually say that. (laughs) Uh, Let's
1: continue calling it the reality era. No, let's not. Okay. Uh,
0: But post-World Cup uh, was after we came back down to Earth a little bit, uh, where we understood that we weren't as good as we thought we were. And that's some,
1: that's some that'll be a recurring theme through this post-World Cup stage. And it kind of... There, it, the post-World Cup stage, like what you said, it was... We kind of saw the signs that were there in the pre-World Cup. Yeah. Like, there were signs during the pre-World Cup. And in those three were, or four games where we dropped points. There were signs there that we weren't as good as as our record showed. Yeah. We weren't as good as a 12-game undefeated team. Yeah. I mean, we managed it, but... On paper, we were as good. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. On paper, we were as good, but in reality, on the field, we weren't. There were there were warnings. We weren't as good. There were yeah. there were signs, and those signs became realities. Okay, so what were those signs, season? and like what what caused us
0: to go through that stage of dropping points? Because I think the post World Cup era, era uh, section is also marked by a propensity not to drop points in those situations.
1: And that's the interesting thing. It yeah. seemed like there were warning signs, but we fixed those warning signs. But then other things started happening um, that caused us to lose. Yeah. Well, and w- we didn't deal well with absences. We didn't deal well no, with we injuries. we really did not deal well with absences. I mean, it was... It's hard. It, it was night and day, the difference between this team without Ramondo and Beckerman and the team with Ramondo and Beckerman. It's, I mean... It's bound to happen, right? Sa- losing Saburillo at the same time, too. Yeah. Was also big, but I mean, we coped decently well without Sabo for most of the year. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and Sabo's absence, I think, like, gave us an impetus to try to rotate our front line, and to build our front line a little more. Now that, I have some thoughts on, of course, inevitably. Shocker. And I think, and we'll talk about him later, three of our strikers underperformed. And we might quibble and quabble a little bit. Quabble. Quibble and quabble. Yeah. <laughs> Quibble quabble. Yeah. A little bit about like how like whether Robbie Findley truly underperformed looking at the season as a whole. Uh but I, I think we, we can say at least during this stage, once he came back, once he started getting minutes again, uh when he was bas you know, when it was Findley regularly, uh, we can say he probably did underperform there. Yeah, probably. Uh, but we can say almost Garcia, Devin Sandoval... That's about as performed.
1: sarcastic as I can say that. I, yeah, probably. Yeah, good he job. definitely man. underperformed. But we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later. But but to make it relevant to what we're talking about yeah. now,
0: that our strikers like kept rotating and we underperformed <laughs> in that regard is interesting to me because our midfield scored at a greater clip than usual.
1: Yeah, but... We I think, we I think that's, of that's one of the bigger differences. At the beginning of the season, it kind of seemed like defensively, we had warning signs. Yeah. Didn't have any issues offensively. We could score goals left, right, and center. Yeah. It seemed. Um, And then as soon as Sabarillo left, and as soon as Beckerman <laughs> left, our midfield and our forwards, I mean, scoring goals came much more difficult. Yeah. Um, our defense that's was... going to happen. Defense was probably... It it didn't get worse. Yeah, if anything, it improved. But it might have just stayed evens. Yeah. But with the midfield, the midfield started producing more at that point. But even the midfield producing more did not make up for the complete lack of scoring from our forwards. Yeah. I mean, Plato was Except, the, excepting Plato, of course. Plato was the only exception to that. But when you have what three or four, three other forwards that got significant playing time during that, yeah, that didn't score a single goal throughout that whole period. Well, maybe Garcia did. Maybe it was after yeah. that period that we're talking about. But anyway, they just there wasn't anything there. And I think that's probably what what marked the post World Cup it's
0: this that stage
1: of period. the season. Yeah. It was just a complete not a complete breakdown offensively, but just offle- offensively we weren't clicking. And we uh, I don't even know if it was offensively we weren't clicking.
0: It's that our our strikers found scoring incredibly difficult for some reason. Like, everyone except Plata
1: forgot how to score. Because they weren't clicking?
0: I don't think it's a case of the team not clicking because our midfield was moving particularly well. Uh, Our our strikers were good in build-up play. Okay, so there just wasn't a final product. Yeah, and I think for me that's where our strikers underperformed this season. excepting, of course, Plata. Uh, But I think in in build-up, I think they were actually better. I think they're better than they've been. Mm.
1: Yes, I, I would be interested to see the the chance created stats. Yeah, and I, during that portion.
0: Well, and it, build up doesn't necessarily translate to a chance created stat for everybody. Possession stats. Oh yeah, and we could look at possession stats, but the but those moments aren't going to be easy to differentiate from moments of just plain old possession. Like in
1: different areas, right? All right, so Mr. Stats, what like stat stats. would we look at to provide evidence to support that theory?
0: I don't know if there is particularly a statistic. Yes, there is. To provide evidence. <laughs> Which, <laughs> There's got to be. I don't know. Like, it would be an amalgamation so, so of statistics, not like one discrete statistic. You're eyeballing this, basically. I think you have to with something like this because it's a judgment call. Like about the way they performed, okay, and about the times they performed and, and you could look at like, like you know, pa- you know, distance and passing to a goal, like like three passes to a goal or two passes to a goal, and that's what I mean by distance, not like kilometers or meters or yards I hope or feet, we're not kilometers to a goal. Well, you could like point zero one kilometers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but like the the relative uh, number of passes between. Like a goal, and I think we could look at that, uh, but we be, haven't. Obviously, it would be very cumbersome. Like, I don't have those numbers Pointless? Uh, maybe I wouldn't use pointless. Nothing's pointless. <laughs> Everything has a point. Okay, we'd learn a lot, uh, all right, and we, we'd be able to talk about it with a little more fluency instead of just spitballing
1: this. I think that may or may not have been true, but at the end of the day, what matters is scoring goals, and we weren't doing that. I think we, we were doing that as a team. Here's not, a question. Okay, not near... Of the two parts of the season, pre-World Cup and post-World Cup, we were not scoring goals nearly as well post-World Cup as for, we were pre-
0: For a, a small por- of a portion of the season. I think we actually recovered that just fine. Perhaps. And I think that, that maybe four to six weeks post-World Cup, uh, that's where we saw those problems. Which was to be expected. And you saw a lot of teams actually had had drop offs in performances from uh players that went to the world cup uh m l s teams at least yeah and, and I've well, seen and i the statistic I saw used who scored like player ratings, which I'm not a huge believer in, but it does provide at least like some number to look at and
1: to evaluate on who scored you're talking about the stat database yeah who scored who, who scored dot com okay. that's good. Keeping our listeners in the flow. I'm Because you said who scored, and I thought you were talking about players that actually scored. So I needed to make sure that we were on the same page. So... You are talking about player ratings from whoscored.com. Yeah,
0: which are, are statistically generated. Yes. Uh, whether
1: you believe that they're, like,
0: efficacious is a different story, obviously.
1: Trevor, you're looking at me... I didn't go to school. I don't know what efficacious means. Uh, good. <laughs> Let's just say Good. <laughs> I don't know if their ratings are good. I'm going to look up the word efficacious, and it's going to have a definition that is 15 words long. Yeah? I feel like. Uh, 15 words is a lot to read, Trevor. I understand. <laughs> I'll get you a picture book later. Okay. Will it describe the word efficacious? Yeah, that'd actually be a really fun picture book.
0: I'll keep that in mind. Where were we? Oh, so 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 looking at these <laughs> like player performances in the... You know, this stage is after the World Cup. Like, everybody struggled. Yeah. Like, from the U.S. at least. We're, we're looking at U.S. players. Naturally. Uh, because that's what's largely relevant to us. Kyle Beckerman struggled. Nick Ramondo we saw struggle. Wait, well, well,
1: we, well, hang on. Are you saying when they came back? Yeah, when they came back. Because I thought Beckerman's first game back was probably... I'm tempted to say that his best game all season. That's probably not true. I think you might be right about that. It it might just be that the difference between watching the games, we had, what, five games without Beckerman? Five, yeah, that sounds about right. Five or six without Beckerman and Armando. And then that first game back, and I want to say it was against San Jose, but that's probably wrong. Um, But anyway, that first game back. It was against New England. Okay. Night and day. The team just looked completely different. Yeah. We were so much better. And that might just be... That might make me think that was Beckerman seven was games, so much probably. better. Seven games. It might make me think... I might be thinking that Beckerman was so much better, but maybe it's just the team. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Beckerman and had a great game, and the game or two after that was also really great. He did have a couple stinkers. Not really stinkers, but... In Kyle Beckerman games. terms, they were stinkers. Which yes. are...
0: Pretty good game still. Right. But but he did have a drop-off. And I think you can account for, like, a little bit of momentum for him. Because he's a player that doesn't fully rely on, like, like breakout speed, say, or, you know, things like that. And he copes well with, with like, the mental pressure. But even at a certain point, like, the, the wear and tear is going to get to you. And he struggled a little bit and then came back and I think he's done really well these last... You know, eight weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, and I think you saw that with a lot of players. And so I wonder how much of our, our drop-off, even after they got back from the World Cup, is just naturally, like, them getting back into the routine of things. Because it's a hugely different routine. The pressure is it's, incredibly it's... different. Well, we saw Romano, like, struggle to take care of things that he took care of, like, easily on a normal basis. Right. Yeah. And, and sorry, he, I'm. I'm. He didn't even play in the World Cup. No, I didn't. But 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 this sort it, of training day in day out.
1: But that's a really hard grueling. thing to quantify. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. It, it's it's a yeah. really hard thing to know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, clearly, it seemed like everybody, every MLS player that went to the World Cup had some kind of. I don't want to say funk that they were in, but that's kind of what it was, it seemed like. Yeah. Matt Beisler still hasn't really crawled out of his. No. I mean, he had a fantastic World Cup, but the whole rest of the season for KC... You know who has? He was not that good. Omar Gonzalez? Kind of. I mean, he...
0: Kyle Beckman's come out of it okay. Yeah, he has. And I, I think Omar's come out okay.
1: But, I mean, every, every player that went seemed to come back and at least have a couple of games. Yeah. Shortly after the World Cup. At least three or four games where they were just not very good. Michael Bradley yeah. definitely did. I already mentioned Beasler. mentioned Gonzalez. Graham Zusi. Graham Zusi, yeah, definitely. Um, Brad Davis to some extent. Oh well, Brad Davis, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of having His under- not that great of a year before prior the to the World Cup. World Cup
0: too. But thanks, Glenny. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk all day about that. Um, yeah, and I know you're a Klinsman dadder.
1: Clinsman, what? Doubter. Not a doubter. I just don't like him. Oh, I'm. I'm That's I've... not true. There are a lot of things about Clinsman that I do like. I think he's great at. And I'm glad. Part of me is glad that he's our national team coach. Because I do think that there's a lot of things that he is definitely doing better than a lot of other possible options would have done. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of Clinsman that I really don't like and I don't agree with. Yeah. I mean, okay, we so, could talk about that, but not today. Yeah, so let's <laughs> move on from that a little
0: bit. Let's talk about the last, like, six weeks of the season.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, where we didn't play as well as we should have. Playing against no, teams like Vancouver, team Chivas. We could talk about Chivas all day. <laughs> uh, I'd rather <laughs> we not. Let's
1: not. Um, the last six weeks we had pretty much everybody back from the World Cup, back from injury. Oh, yeah, we would definitely... I mean, Uh, I'm talking Sabo, specifically. Yeah. People, I mean, Beckerman and Ramondo were out of their World Cup, whatever World Cup funk they may or may not have had. Yeah. Saborel was back from injury. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And we we had everybody. Wow. Uh, Well, not everybody. John Sturtzer being a notable exception. And... No, I guess we had Balchan for a little bit there. Yeah, I'm just trying um, to think. Jordan Allen, we didn't have for most of the season, and right? he would have been so useful at certain times. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the the <laughs> last six weeks, we—that's my point. We should have done better. There wasn't yeah. there. We didn't have personnel excuses. We didn't have um, tired excuses. Yeah, hungover from th- from World Cup. The, there just weren't really any excuses. We were just a couple of games. We were terrible. Yeah. And During that stretch is when we had probably the worst game that we have Chivas, had. Against right? Or, yeah, the game against Chivas. We had probably the worst game RSL has had since 2008. I wouldn't go that far. We There uh, are people who did go that far.
0: Uh, 4-0 against DC United in 2011. Losing
1: 4-0. Was that the Dwayne Rosario hat trick?
0: Yeah. We just that looked, game was kind of bad. We looked awful. We didn't. Against Chivas, like there are also tactical reasons we struggled. Like, in that game, I don't think there were tactical reasons; we we're just bad. And and yeah, we can talk about like the Chivas game, but but they also put out a really committed team. And we've seen Chivas, we saw Chivas in the last few weeks actually like step up against us, except against us that last time. But I thought they they did all right. I thought they played about. About I, a thousand percent better than they started their season, that's for sure.
1: I thought they started great, did they? Yeah, I mean, I say great, I thought they started above expectations. Ah. Keep in mind that Chivas finished the season not dead last, which was expectations yeah. of everybody, I think. That they, they were actually, if
0: by that you mean they won their first game of the season, but didn't they? It took until week
1: 10 to win another. Okay. Now, yeah, you're they probably did right.
0: have a four-game winning streak. Which... That's
1: probably where I'm stuck at, is that four-game winning streak.
0: Which is more than we had all season. We did not have a four-game winning streak all season. Chivas did. Yeah. And that, you could say that about most teams, too. So. <laughs> kind
1: of... Most teams did not have a four-game win streak? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't...
0: I don't know like there there are a lot of things we can do to try to explain the season, but at the same time, like we might look at Jeff Kassar as a new coach kinda like, figuring things out a little bit. those first twelve games, yeah, we dropped points in bad positions, and he figured it out if he fixed it, and we struggled to score a little bit because that's a mentality
1: change, right yeah, but it, I think it also and it, this is really lazy, and I get that, but there's I think. Uh, a part of that that's just generally being MLS. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a very difficult league for a lot of reasons yeah. to analyze or break down or, or give reasons for. Well, why, why did we lose to Chivas the first two games 1-0? Yeah, the, the second one I can explain. The first one, not so much. But at, at the same time, like, RSL, I mean, mm-hmm. we finished third in the West. And Chivas was last in the West, right? Or was it San Jose? San Jose was last in the West. Yeah. yeah. So the eighth team, we lost, we dropped two games to. Yeah. Like, we th- win those two games there's we'll win a those. lazy way to explain that, and it is, yeah. it's MLS. That kind of stuff happens. Yeah, but you know it doesn't have
0: to be. No, it, it doesn't have to be, but. and And I don't think it's actually that good of an explanation for those games. It's not. For but, games against teams in the middle of the table, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like, it's MLS, we lost to Vancouver, that happens. But it's MLS, we lost to Chivas, this season was not a great explanation.
1: No, it's not. I guess what I'm saying is, the season as a whole. Yeah. When you just look at it generally, there's a lot of games that we dropped that we shouldn't have. There's some games that we won that we shouldn't have. Yeah. It, it like I said, it's not the right explanation, but yeah. it kind of feels very much like a hard to explain or hard to pinpoint there's yeah. a lot of factors that go oh, into yeah. stuff well, and we're just go trying to eat season. out some of those
0: factors yeah um and so looking at jeff so i think is, is good like yeah he he started out really well with a 12 game unbeaten streak but at the same time like there were problems he saw the problems he corrected them we experienced other problems he tried to figure out how to fix those problems it's the things that, that I think any new coach is going to go through. And despite being an assistant coach for a number of years, I can't imagine like being a coach under Jason Kreiss being the most normal experience. <laughs> Which isn't to say it was bad. Uh, but, but can you imagine coaching under Jason Kreis? No. Uh, he's basically an insane person. Well, I mean, I know that. Yeah. So I don't know. It it would certainly be very, very different from coaching under, say, Bruce Arena, who you might learn a lot from. Mm,
1: Bruce Arena is also kind of insane.
0: Yeah, but in a very different way. Yes. Not not the
1: same intense way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. Anyway, should we move on?
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, for me, I guess the biggest takeaway from these two segments of the season is that... It was kind of a learning experience. We tried to do new things. We tried to push players further forward. We got our midfield further involved in the attack. We play a little narrower with our fullbacks. And we've seen that progress throughout the season. And so we get to see these interesting trends develop. And it's been really cool, I think, to see like actual progression. I wouldn't accuse Jeff Cassar of being overly stubborn at any point in the season.
1: Oh, yeah? Would you accuse a former coach of being oh, Jason Price was, was incredibly stubborn, and that yeah. was
0: one of his best attributes, too, but it also hurt us a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's your big takeaway, Trevor? Um. Do you, do you <laughs> even have a takeaway?
1: No, I don't think so. Take something away. Take, from, For goodness sake, from, Trevor. Just from the regular season, what's our big takeaway? I think our big takeaway is that we... It it's just consistency. Yeah. We've seen a lot of change from last season to this season. We've seen a lot of change from the beginning of this season to the middle to the end of this season. And, I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of change in in so many different areas and so many the ways that we do things. Um, But we're still the third best team in the West. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fourth it, best in the league. So it is... Third best or fourth best? Fourth best in the league. D.C. had better points, right? Yeah. More points. Yeah. They'd be the only place we
0: could potentially travel for MLS Cup. Incidentally, it's the only place I would love to travel for
1: the MLS Cup. I'd kind of love to go to D.C. for the MLS Cup. It's a great city. Anyway, my my takeaway is... Free museums. Consistency. uh, I don't know how to say it. The, The results... Were consistent. The way we got those results were not consistent. Yeah. Um. That's what you get when you make me make up a takeaway right then.
0: Uh, well, pretty right. crappy. Yeah. Okay. Let's. What's your takeaway? I already told me you my takeaway. You did. That we got to watch Jeff Kassar evolve as a coach. Oh, okay. And I think it was really, I really promising. Uh, when Jeff Cassar was hired, like a lot of there were there was a lot of doubt. Uh, not from within the team, it, it seemed. Jeff Kassar was very much the player's choice. Oh yeah. oh,
1: yeah. No, he was, I mean, this is a really poor way of saying it, but he was definitely like his own choice. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, he, I know. Okay. Um, it was very much, I mean, when he went in for his interview, he famously um, said, famously. why Why would you go outside? During? Why would you do it differently? Yeah. What well, we've been doing works. I've been part of that. Why would you change that? Yeah. And apparently, for the people in charge, that was...
0: Well, that and having a list of coaches he wanted to interview. Like, yeah. for me, <laughs> I, like if I were interviewing somebody for a, for a high-profile position, being prepared prior to the interview probably makes a big difference.
1: Yeah. No, I'm sure it does. Well, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not so sure that Robin Fraser was not prepared. Oh, I know.
0: It's just a contrast. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of creating a straw man here. You'll pardon me. <laughs> uh, let's talk about underperformers first. Do we we'll, want to take a break or no? No, no, no break. No break. Okay. Uh, then Wait, underperformers. Talk, underperformers first. Well, then we'll talk about breakup players. And on a positive note, for once. That's a good idea. So, and and there's something I really want to bring up, and it's just like burning my tongue.
1: What about underperformers?
0: Underperformers. So, we've pinpointed prior to the show. We pinpointed four underperformers. This is the part where we're not making it up as we go. I know. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Three of them are strikers. Olmes Garcia, Robbie Findley, Devin Sandoval. Yes. I'd like to talk about them first because I think they did well at the beginning of the season, right? Uh, Except the injured ones, which actually was Robbie Findley, Devin Sandoval. Okay. Anyway. So who of those three did well at the beginning of the season? Ole Miss did okay. He didn't score, but he did okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. But then we go back to the age-old, does it really matter? I think... If your forwards are not scoring, does it really matter if they play well? Yes, absolutely. I mean, kind of?
0: If your team is scoring and your forwards aren't scoring... So there's there's a caveat. There's a caveat. Uh, Your team has to be scoring for that to be an okay thing.
1: But they, if they're creating, like that's good. See, but that's just it. I, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Because to me, there's... The speci- team is the star, Trevor. I know the team is the star, but there's specific jobs for the people on the field. Forwards, score. And if your forwards are not scoring, they're not doing their job. The way I look at it is this way. You can say it's okay if they're not producing goals, because we're getting goals from elsewhere. Yeah. What if we were getting goals from elsewhere, and Olmez also tacked on ten goals this season? Well oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be
0: perfect. That's a, a best case scenario.
1: Right. So if your midfield is good enough to produce a whole bunch of goals,
0: yeah, you want why your forwards, your forwards, forwards also
1: producing goals, and why? Why is that okay? And, and that's that's yeah. just it. It's not for me. I, I, forwards need to score. Well, goals. there's a reason we're we're targeting them as underperformers, but I don't think they were dismal. They weren't. There's nobody on this team that was truly dismal all season.
0: Isn't that remarkable? We well, had, we had we're some also dismal... the
1: third place team in the in yeah. the West, so, yeah, we're not really going to have a whole hey, lot of We did of really players. well
0: when we, were, when we had Arturo and Alvarez, and he was dismal.
1: Yeah, but he also played like four games for his total. I think he played like 14. Okay, well. I'm looking it up, Trevor. I know you are. I'm going to finish. Am I going to finish my point? What was my point?
0: I don't know. Did you have a point? Wasn't I having a point?
1: You were having a point.
0: Ah, oh, look at that! Stealing my thunder. <laughs> so, we can talk about the forwards and like whether they should be scoring, whether like whether it's okay if they don't necessarily score if they're contributing in other ways. Uh, we can talk about confidence, but one thing that I would I would pinpoint is that we. Had a striking coach change in the middle of the season unexpectedly.
1: Okay. Do you think that makes a difference? Yes and no. Then, then yes. Here's the thing. When did Olmert start scoring goals? Before or after the change? I think it was after. Yeah. When but did only Finley immediately score after. his only goal. Well, that's a little unfair because he didn't play the first half of the season. Yeah. But but that sort of thing is disruptive. That's that's all I'm saying. It is, and, and what disruptive. I'm saying is, based on the evidence, it was disruptive in a positive way. Yeah, because our forwards started scoring more goals.
0: Another thing I might look at is well, that... our
1: underperforming score forwards started scoring yeah. more goals. <coughs> so I, I guess it's either a positive or a non-factor. Yeah. So let's let's go through them one by one.
0: Olmes Garcia, I think struggled to score. Right but he also struggled
1: to get regular minutes. Holmes Garcia is of the four, I think he's the least he might be the least deserving to be on this list. I think he he found he, minutes he was difficult definitely difficult an, to come he was out. definitely a, an underperformer if we had to pick four underperformers. Yeah. I think he's on the list. Yeah. But I still think he had a decent season for a second year player yeah, in the league. Yeah, he had all right, an all right season for He me. he and definitely that's the thing, not none of our performers. None of our underperformers had a bad
0: season. Well. Devin Sandoval? Should we talk about mm, him now? He mm. did not have a good season. I wouldn't say he had a a purely bad season.
1: Going back to Devin Sandoval, since we... we, Not going back. We're still talking about him. What am I talking about? Going back to last year. Yeah. I think part of what made Devin Sandoval really good Mm -hmm. for us was our deep run into the Open Cup. He was a big part of that. Yep. Is us not having any kind of run in the Open Cup was that perhaps detrimental to Sandoval's season? Oh yeah, or to was Sandoval it just simply and to that Sandoval and to like, was these, very these good.
0: fringe players like that need time? They need time to develop, but they're not going to get time if they're not scoring regularly, right? Right. Uh, but they're not going to start scoring regularly if they don't get regular time. It's paradox. Yeah, I mean, like it's a uh, you know, catch twenty two, I guess. Like yeah. How do you handle a scenario like that? The answer is USL Pro. You buy a USL Pro team. <laughs> uh, and, and I think... like We look at these players for underperforming. Robbie Findlay is a different case. Uh, because I think he actually switched roles this season. And maybe that was difficult. Did he switch roles away from being a goal scorer? Uh, well, I, I... I don't think that's a, a tactical role.
1: Goal scorer is not a tactical <laughs> role, Trevor. That is an action you take. I... No, but i inclined I'm, to disagree. But if you're playing, I know, I know what you're saying. But yeah, the fact it, of the matter is, it, it, I just go back to he's a forward and he score goals. Yeah, and he didn't at all.
0: He scored one. He scored two. One in the open cup. No, one was handed to him. He scored it. We see lots of players handed goals and they just screwed up royally. Okay. Right?
1: No. <laughs> Robinia. We see it. Oh, okay. We see it happen occasionally, and sometimes it happens more often to others. Like or, more often than others. Like Robinho. Yeah. Jeez, why'd you have to bring that up? I just wanted to give you a little I'm just hint. so glad he's not. With uh, me. Arturo
0: Alvarez had 16 appearances.
1: Eight starts Over two years? One year. One year. Yeah. All right. Uh, where were we? Robbie Finley. We're still talking about underperformance. Yeah, we were talking
0: most recently about Robbie so, Finley. So when he's playing with Plata, to accommodate a Finley-Plata setup, you cannot play Plata and Finley in the same role, right? As as players jutting out wide, as kind of free role players. Because that's where Findlays generally excelled, is when he can just run off the back, you know, run run through the back and... And be this little speed demon self.
1: I I'm, think he's actually lost some pace. I'm I'm tempted to make the argument here, and I'm not really prepared to make this argument, that you totally can have both of those players doing that yeah. same role. And but just in a ver- and just forget the Saborrio position.
0: Oh, it's it, he didn't even play for me the Saborrio position. He played. He was a lot, lot more S- Saborrio than he was Finland. Oh yeah,
1: he was a central player yeah. instead of a wide player. And and I would make the argument that you can have two guys that just are speedy up front and have them play as speedy guys making runs stretching the defense up front and, and not, not rely on... You know when you can't play that? What? In a when? possession-oriented team
0: that keeps the ball in the attacking half. Or in the attacking
1: third. Like so, If those okay, runs are supposed if, to be me, behind the defense and let the let defense me, let me tell is you where I'm, far back... Where I'm coming from here. I look at a team like Vancouver. Who play a fairly deep line. They're, I'm looking at offensively. Yeah. They are pretty good offensively, and yeah. they don't really have a hold up central forward type player. That's I true. I mean, they, they have players that kind of do that every now and then. Yeah. But mostly they're just speedy wingers that cut inside.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it's Anything different in this forward.
1: system with winners. Yeah and, and we that's what we're, I'm that's saying not, there, there is a way to do it yeah and i think it's not so far di- different from what we're doing that we would be incapable of doing that yeah so i think switching finley's role to a more central person that's supposed to in one form or another help us maintain possession yeah i'm not going to say it's a mistake but it's it's not utilizing finley for what his Talents are, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and it, it's. I wonder kind of if those talents have
0: diminished. Up. Like he I had think a pretty. Definitely
1: have he had a pretty brutal
0: injury he had to deal with in the off season? Yeah. I his was it his muscle separating from the
1: bone? I thought it was the bones. Yeah. <laughs> the bone separating <laughs> from the muscle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah you, you're right.
0: And and maybe he's still a little bit in recovery mode. And last season he was kind of in recovery mode with a knee injury. <sighs> and, I
1: don't know. Um, there comes a point where a player just can't be in recovery mode anymore. Oh, I agree. But when they when, have two when you, when fairly you, substantial injuries. And I get and that. that back, that's fine. I understand substantial injuries. But when, you're, when you get an injury at the end of the season and you go in for surgery and they say, he's going to be out for four months. Don't expect him back for the two, first two or three months of the season. And even then in a limited role. Yeah, and then he takes 6 months into the season yeah. to get to his limited role position. He didn't play again. When was his first game? It was August, wasn't it? I don't know, it was before that. July? I think it was before July. Mm, not much before July. Come on, Internet. I just remember that they said he would be out okay. until April or May. And his it was his
0: first return at was least. in May.
1: Um, don't that, make me look like an idiot. What date? <laughs> May 24th. Okay, so end of May. His first... <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm stretching this one. Yeah. What, what was his second? May and August. Let's <laughs> Uh
0: His second was late June.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So, injury problems again. Exactly. So, so it, our dependence I, on him, I think, was problematic, but I don't know if we would have predicted that. Like, that sort of layoff.
1: I, I don't know, but at the same time, like, that's... There's a part of me that's like, no, you can't hold injuries against a player, but then another part of me that's like, no, you totally can hold injuries against a player. Yeah. Because if his expected recovery time and other people who have had this injury recover in whatever amount of time it is for that injury, four or five months, and everybody else recovers in four or five months, and he takes nine, ten months to get back. and even It was not nine or ten months. but Okay. He's still, if we're still talking about his injury injury concerns. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now that it's what, October? And he yeah. got injured last December? Oh yeah, I don't think his problems now are, are physical. I think it's it's getting consistent time. It's the same problem we look at Devin Sandoval for. getting consistent oh. time. Well he didn't he he's... play like the last eight games for us? Uh he he had like starts and that he had like one or two starts in a row. Then he had a substitute performance, maybe ten minutes, fifteen minutes and a couple of those and a couple starts and and you don't build consistency that way. You know when Plata started scoring regularly? When he consistently started matches. And I'm not saying like that excuses Robbie Findlay's non-scoring. Um and I will say I'd like and my caveat is always Robbie Findlay is better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season.
1: Based on what evidence? 2009 and 2013. So Five seasons apart. Yeah. He scored a couple goals. Oh, yeah. Important, huge Important, goals. Important, huge goals. Fine. I, I just have a problem with saying, well, in 2009, which was now, yeah. six years ago, and then also last season. Five years ago, Trevor. It's, tw- whatever it's it was. 2014. All right. Five years ago. And then now, he also did it last season after yeah. he was terrible. The four years in between.
0: Well, he was playing for Nottingham Forest but with, like, six different coaches. Nottingham Forest was terrible. Like, like that's a, a different argument. I will also say you probably did not watch him week in, week out. Neither did I. But, but calling him terrible during that whole time is slightly problematic.
1: Fact is what it is. Okay. <laughs> find, me, find me a report or something that said he had a great four-game stretch. I think he didn't have many four-game stretches. Because he wasn't that good. Well, and his coach was gone like four games in. That's fine. I don't know if that's fine. There are plenty of other players that do that and either are good players or aren't good players throughout that that stretch.
0: Well, yeah, and and Robbie Findley is not... I'm not saying he's a special player. He's not an amazing player. I'm going to
1: use a really bad example to illustrate my point. Okay. Edison Cavani. Okay. Who we all know and love. Okay. One of the best... Uh, a very good player. One of the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Played at Palermo in Italy for three seasons. Yeah. Two or three seasons. During his time there, he probably had seven different managers. And that's insane. That's Italy. That, no, that's Palermo. Oh. That's their director. He fires coaches like you wouldn't believe. And but... yet he is still, throughout his entire time at Palermo, Oh yeah, was a great player. Well, yeah, he's he left a special Palermo, player. He was a great player. Yeah, That's I'm, what I'm saying. Good players can deal with having six coaches in three years. Bad uh, players can't. Uh, it was six coaches in two years. but Okay.
0: And My Nottingham Forest and Palermo are very different. And the players around you matter. Right? You can't compare Cavani with Vindler. No, you, you can't. I, I think you're making a spurious argument for the sake yes, of making an argument. I definitely am. And it kind of flies in the face of logic here, Trevor. A little bit. Yeah. And I admit that. And, My and point I think is, you're using it a, as like if, this argument against Findlay but there's like this this inherent bias that's
1: like clearly there's an enforcing you to make these awful arguments. I'm not really obviously a fan of Findlay. I I think I gave him a real good shot last year. Okay. And he was decent last year. Yeah. Great in the playoffs. Yeah, great. All about that. Yeah. This season he's not good mediocre at all. I'd say he's been mediocre for most of the season. (laughs) All right, he's been mediocre. Yeah. He's been mediocre, but he has not lived up to expectations most of the time, and he has never, ever exceeded expectations. The only time where he even came close to exceeding expectations is when he scored against, whoever scored against a couple weeks ago. I don't remember. Whoever won. When he got his, his solo single season goal, and the only reason he exceeded expectations was because at that point... I'd given up on him scoring a goal this whole season. Yeah. So the fact that he scored one goal was exceeding expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: he didn't have a good season. I think we agree on that, but... But the playoffs are coming, and he's definitely going to step it up then. Oh, he historically based has. Based on what evidence? I gave you the did evidence. He already, did he have a pretty good season in '09? Yeah, he had an okay season. Did he have a pretty good season in 13? He had an okay season. Would you say he had an okay season this year? Yeah. No. I would say he had an okay season. You'd (laughs) say he had a bad season. Would you say he had a season where he scored where he he looked threatening in front of goal? A few times. He didn't finish particularly well. But he was
0: threatening. He was in good positions. That's what threatening in front of goal without scoring is,
1: right? Okay. Being in good positions? All right. He's an underperformer, and he's the worst. Not the worst. Wow. He is... I think the person that underperformed the most. And maybe that's because of the expectations that we had of him at okay. the beginning of the season. He was the furthest away from his I think expectations. those expectations
0: were unrealistic
1: then. If you expect a player to come I back from a serious him, injury. I expect him to like, score goals yeah. at a half-decent pace. I would have okay. taken one in four. Okay. Not one in how many appearances did he have? Uh, 14? 16? 14? 16, 14. One in fourteen or fifteen. Oh yeah, and, and he did nearly... not score enough. I agree, good. but there are other factors to consider. There are other factors, and he was a much better player in the build-up and in possession yeah. and in all that other stuff. And I'd say, like the stuff that you think makes him a good player, yeah, this season, he he was good at. Yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't. Yeah, but his his he was a job... better choice a lot of times
0: than Garcia and a better choice a lot of times than Sandoval. Yes, and he's a lot better in the air than I remember.
1: Yes. So, all
0: right, let's move on from strikers because we've exhausted <laughs> the topic. Uh, let's talk about. Oh, we didn't talk about Sandoval at all, did we? No, we talked about him. We talked about him second. How he just didn't get consistent minutes. Yeah, that's right. And okay. and I think we see that problem with Garcia. We see that problem with Findlay. None of them made themselves first choice, and that makes it really hard to get consistent minutes. And that's down to them. I'm not trying to say, like, Robbie Findlay was amazing and he didn't get consistent <laughs> minutes uh, despite being amazing. Um, none of them grabbed a great opportunity. And that's the reason they didn't get consistent minutes. And I just can't wait for USL Pro because that'll help solve a lot of these problems.
1: Yeah, all these young guys that finally need minutes. Well, Robbie or Finley. Finley. <laughs> well, but trying to get other players in the mix
0: there like, di- diminishes
1: me. I'm sorry, I, I, I should players. not harp on Finley nearly as much. I sound um, like the post game show, yeah. and I don't like sounding who, who like the blamed post-game Finley show. for
0: matches he ha- like is Didn't injured for, <laughs> yeah. just not involved. Period. And
1: I I don't oh, want no. to sound like the post game show, and I apologize for for doing so. Speaking okay. of, we should get some of those guys on the show. I think it'd be fun. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Some of the callers, no, some of the the hosts. Oh. Why not?
0: Well, that'd probably be okay.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from the strikers because we have definitely, yeah, you know, exhausted that. Okay, let's talk about Louis Gill, who who was our, our other underperformer. Yeah, and is this another case? Because this is what it is for me <laughs> with Louis Gill. Is this another case of us setting the bar? At one spot and him just never getting there. Uh, Because that's. I've complained a bit about Luis Gill this season. And it's not that he's. Again, just like with the other three, it's not that they're bad players or that they play poorly. It's just that they didn't play as well as we'd hoped. Yeah. Gill did not get as many minutes as I hoped he would get. He didn't start as many games, didn't score as many goals, didn't get as many assists. And that's because at the beginning of the season, I thought Gill was a six-goal and eight-assist player. Well, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he, there's there's he, evidence for that. An improvement over last year would have been around that. Yeah. Uh,
0: for me, it's... He just got pushed out. No, he, he definitely did. Like, we found a player who fit the role better. Luke Mulholland fits the outside of the diamond better. Whether he's a better player or not, I Louis Gill will probably be a considerably better player than Luke Mulholland will ever be. I don't think there's too much controversy in that. I,
1: yeah. L- Louis Skil yeah. has
0: has amazing potential.
1: Yes. Still, and also, even though he's been a professional for four years, five years, five years, he's still what, 21 this year. Yes, he's not even 21 yet. He's 20. Is he 20? He's 20. So he's he'll, still he'll
0: turn uh, 21 into the playoffs. Uh, so hopefully we we'll make it that far, November 14th. That's right. Okay.
1: So yeah he, he we've heard about Gill's potential and we've seen Gill play a lot over the last two or three years yeah. and it's just been more and more I mean when we got yeah, he Gil, played 30 games last year yeah when we got Gill it was all about Gill's the future and I think we're all just waiting for the future to be now yeah. when realistically the future is still probably a year or two away yeah before he'll really kind of hit that age where he he either makes it or he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. He either realizes his potential or, or he
0: won't. Um, part of it ha- um, depends on what we do with Javier Morales next season, if he takes a diminished role. Because if you want Luis Skill playing in that spot and Javier Morales is still with the team, like he'll have to step back a little bit. Or yeah. we have to adjust our system and play with two attack midfielders, which is certainly a possibility, but I think and we'd we've have to... try before. We've tried before, but it never works particularly really. well. We're we're built for this. Our DNA right now is four midfielders, two strikers. Yeah, and you can't you can't easily support two attacking midfielders and two more defensive midfielders without creating huge gaps. Right. Uh, that that you can adjust for depending on how you build your team, but team building is something well, you do at the start of the season, not in the middle.
1: And it would take. Not really a drastic overhaul of our team, but there would be players... If we were to do that. Yeah. There would be players that would be left out. Yeah. A uh, considerable number of players. But anyway, no, I. that's what it is for me. Is There's expectations of Gil, fairly or unfairly, that he just didn't really meet this season. I think there were and, fair expectations in some ways. But... I wanted to
0: see him play well. That's all I wanted. I, just, I didn't... I, for me, like... He could score goals. He could not score goals. I just want him to play well. He hasn't really done that, even when he scored goals. He's had games here and there that have been good. Yeah. Uh, maybe some great games, uh, that's, but a lot of just kind of middling games. That you that, just you look back on, you're like, well, Louis Skill was there. I'd give him like a six. I'd give him a six point five. He's been okay. He got a C in the class. That's and you kind can't of, keep
1: getting C's in the class if you want to be the future. Yeah. That's the difference, I think. Unless you're like incredibly intelligent, him and Mulholland. Yeah, I think to say that Mulholland is right now out and out a better player than Gil may or may not be true. Yeah,
0: but maybe, maybe not.
1: Mulholland is definitely more consistent. More consistent, but
0: he also got consistent minutes because he's been, uh, I think, a better player tactically for that position. His skill set's better suited for sure. He's a better tackler. Uh, he's a good passer, and I'm going to go off on a slight tangent. Uh, no, I'll save it for Luke Mulholland's section.
1: Okay. I, Yeah, Mulholland is better built for that position, and that's been Gill's problem for the last how many years have we had Gill and Morales on the same roster. Yeah. Gill is behind somebody who is far and away better than he is right now. Yeah. At his actual position, so you got to get a to minute somewhere. And that minute somewhere pushes him out somewhere else. And now we've got somebody who's better for that position than him. Yeah. And far more consistent at that position than him. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's a problem when you're, that's the problem of being 20 years old. They've got people, or they'll bring in people that are just better than you. Yeah, and these and um, Javier Morales is the heartbeat of this team. Yes. And,
0: and it's the same thing Kyle Beckerman is. Like, yeah. like those two players make the midfield. Yeah. Without the without those players like it just it doesn't work. Or right. you can replace one at a time and it it'll it could work, but I don't know. I don't know what Louis Gill's future is going to be with this team, but I hope it I hope he stays.
1: Are you suggesting that he might leave?
0: Uh if we're looking for a player to trade or if he's under contract, I'm not even 100% if he's if he'll be under contract next year. Oh, yeah, we've got all that to look forward to. And, and they're, they're huge unknowns. And so I look at, I have no idea what a season's going to look like. Like, who will he play for next year? We don't know. He could be behind Frank Lampard in New York City and in the same situation. If, <laughs> if Frank <laughs> Lampard ever, like, actually makes it to MLS,
1: which I'm starting to wonder about. So here's a question. Okay. Sorry we're gonna go on a tangent here we haven't really yet I know this is weird uh, Frank Lampard playing for New York City FC if that well, assuming happens. that that's going to happen okay. because New York City FC seems to think so
0: Jason Christ is very
1: adamant yeah he has said words uh, to that effect um do we <laughs> he think just mouth math does Frank Lampard fit into if are you suggesting we trade Frank Lampard for this <laughs> <skin>? game? <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. What I'm suggesting is, do you think the the ultimate question is, do you think Christ is going to use the same system in New York City FC as he built here? In I don't D- think so. Or because if he does, where does Frank Lampard fit in that system? Probably the attacking role. So is he the Morales, or is he a Gravoy Mulholland, or is he a Kyle I Beckerman? Know. I don't think Christ is going to play he, the role. He play that, play the same system.
0: That's that's. Yeah, He'll probably play something with two holding midfielders, three attacking midfielders, maybe one's a forward-ish. Like, yeah. a, like a Donovan slash Dempsey yeah. type? Or, yeah. Where I would actually class those players as purely forwards who just happen to play a more withdrawn role. The um, Rooney. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> we can look at a lot of players like that. Like Lionel Messi is a striker playing sometimes in a more withdrawn role. Okay anyway Zlatan Ibrahimovic played in Italy many years very successful yeah and that's a withdrawn role
1: yeah playing in Italy generally is no. withdrawn
0: <laughs> I'm saying Trevor
1: I'm saying tactically yeah he was, he was withdrawn more often than not mm, well I I wouldn't know I didn't watch <clears throat> well that's your loss I did sometimes but he missed often. his uh, best years mm. as a player his glory years Mhm. Not that they're over, by any means. Yeah. How old is he? 34, I think. 34. 33, 34. Well, you think I'm lying? I think you're
0: wrong, but not lying. <laughs> <laughs> huh. It turns out the, pay, the Wikipedia for Zlatan does not just... Just been... to redirect
1: straight to Ibrahimovic? Yeah, it should. Do Ibra and see if that does. All right. 33. You said
0: 32 and 34. I said 33-34. Oh. <laughs> I've been... Wait, did he just recently turn 33? Yes, he did.
1: Really? Yeah. Alright. 27 days ago. Either way, he is uh, reaching that age. That's true. Where... Uh, okay, MLS, let's move on. I should definitely make an offer on it. You'd love it, wouldn't you? I'd be
0: so happy. you jump ship to support LA too when he's 36? No.
1: Because I genuinely think that New York City FC could make a move for him. And they would be not unwise to do so. Okay. Zlatan and Jason Christ in the same team. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Wouldn't that be the best thing in the world? They'd probably kill each other.
0: Like, Jason Christ would get fed up with him and try to, like, yell at him. And Zlatan would look at him and he'd just cry him? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Okay. So, let's take a short break. We'll come back. We'll talk about breakout players uh and then we'll get we'll, we'll talk a little about the playoffs we'll talk a little about MLS news but we're really talking a lot about this season recap stuff so we don't want to leave these people in a three-hour podcast we probably will will. i know all right so and we'll be right now yes. yes all right trevor get off your phone
1: i'm already off it Alright. I was offered before. I'm just putting it in my pocket. I noticed your phone isn't broken anymore. Yeah, that's because it's uh, replaced my phone. Oh. Did you have to pay for it? I did have to pay for it, mm. but not nearly as much as they told me originally. It says your name on the back. It does. It's custom. Wow. A yeah. custom phone. Mm-hmm. Look at you. You're going to customize it when you... I would not be kind to you <laughs> Yeah. I'm... if you broke my phone. <laughs> I, w- I would
0: never purposefully break an electronic device good Justin in (laughs) all right so it's not that it's my electronic device it's just well that's another thing that's probably worth considering
1: secondary
0: to the electronic device yeah all right i love things (laughs) okay uh so we talked about our performers we harped on that we i mean and if we we can just revisit it slightly i think the problem is that each of these players was particularly frustrating. Whether you think they performed up to expectations, below expectations, whether the bar was too high or too low, they frustrated us.
1: We were probably a little bit too harsh on them, let's be honest. Yeah, well, probably, well, but... I'm apologizing for being so rude to Finley. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're right. And they, and they're they all were frustrating. particularly frustrating
0: this year. So, uh, that we didn't have more players who were frustrating all year...
1: It's good. It's a good sign, yeah. So players, we, we had when players we...
0: like Nat Borchers who frustrated a little bit when he had a couple of bad games in a row. Like three. Yeah, well, yeah. And I, I think he recovered just fine. He's been great. Yeah. He's been fantastic. Yeah. We had Chris Winger who had a, a run of poor games and frustrated. And yeah. I think he's been doing all right. Actually, I think he's been really good the last few years. Lately, weeks. for sure, yeah. Um, you know, we, we can look at players, you know, across the team. Ramado had some bad games. And recovered
1: just fine. We didn't talk about that, but... Well, I mean, we kind of mentioned it with the World Cup hangover yeah. stuff, but... Yeah. Armando... Mm, never mind, we'll talk about it later. He had a little
0: section of underperforming, and then went back to his usual self. Uh, and then had one of a few of his best games of his career. That might be a little bit... Uh... Maybe. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in the discussion. And you're not crazy sure. for putting him in the discussion. But let's talk about some players that didn't frustrate us. That were so much, at least. One were, of them, actually. Uh, we'll go in reverse order here. De- what's the What's the
1: word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. They were. They were demeaning. <laughs> demoralizing. Who's on this list? Demasculating. Players that were they were they were pleasant surprises. Oh. For me, all three of these players on the list. Not so much that one. Yeah. But the first two. I didn't really expect much at all out okay. of, and they blew me away this season. Okay, so let's let's start with Carlos Salcido. He's he's the one that I pointed out as kind of expecting to have a pretty good season. Kind of. Yeah. And... I I don't think I expected him to get as much playing time. Yeah. As he did, but I did expect him to be a decent player because we saw that last year. Yeah. Okay, so. He got so visa. he wasn't so much an unknown quantity. He, he, quantity, yeah. commodity, quantity. I think guy asked this earlier. Yes, he did.
0: <laughs> so here is the thing: he didn't get a lot of playing time early. In no. fact, Aaron Mond was pretty regularly selected over him. Looking back,
1: nobody knows why. Well, I, <laughs>
0: Mond had a couple good games, like one, and and, the, and you know I he, think he he's, played
1: like four all season. Let's look. Yeah, let's look it up. He didn't play much. Yeah. I really should just print the the season guide. The media guide. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Eh. it's up. How many games did he play? Six. Six, so not that many.
0: Yeah, he got minutes, and and then he had uh, some stinkers. uh, And you can say, like, he's young, he's, he's not playing regularly one, you know, Pretty bad game, we can understand. And, like, let's persist with him, and you can't just drop a player after one bad performance. And then he did it again. (sighs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, And then. I wish you could drop a player after one bad performance. Yeah,
0: well, it's not wise if you want to keep a team happy and keep a team growing. Um, And then he had, you know, and then he was, you know, the only. We had Saucedo and Mond for a game, right? So. At the end of the game, and, uh, like, again, it was, it. he got kind of, he didn't do particularly well. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that was beginning uh, of the how season. How was Aaron on under, under, our underperformers? Because we
1: totally forgot about him.
0: He had a, he didn't have a forgettable season, he had an awful season.
1: We tried to forget him. Yeah. And I did forget about him. Until you just now brought him up.
0: Hey, he had no yellow cards. So th-
1: <laughs> Can you believe that? That's a wonderful stat. Ten fouls in six
0: games and no yellow cards. How many red cards did he have? One in the
1: regular MLS season.
0: Yeah, we had some really <laughs> bad games for the reserves too,
1: where Carlos Sato continually impressed. Yeah, again, just going back to, I just remember at the beginning of the season, going, "Why is Aaron Mond over?" Yeah, he yeah. must have had a completely ridiculous preseason that I didn't see. Yeah. Did you not I, watch preseason? No, I mean, I, I watched it, but oh, I okay. must have... What I'm saying is, whatever he did in preseason must have impressed Kassar a lot, because I didn't see it. Yeah. In pre- I saw the player that I think he is. A, a decent defender. Yeah. He's honestly probably not an MLS defender. He might be. He he might be sooner or later, but now I think he would really be only 24. 24 he, is like...
0: Just starting to reach the age where you should start to get to be a consistent defender.
1: He's definitely the type of player that I think would, USL Pro would do wonders for. Yeah. He where made Carlos very Alcedo, well.
0: Here's the thing. Carlos Salcedo keeps getting pointed at for like, uh, here's why USL Pro would be great. I actually think he will, would do better staying with the first team. And his, his minutes will be less consistent. But he's actually shown a really great ability to step into those situations. Yeah, and let's not harp on Aaron Mon too much because this is really about Carlos Salcedo, who I yeah. impressed us despite getting having fewer minutes. Chris Schuler is fit most of the season, after all. Yeah, and Schuler uh, understandably, is our first choice setup. Yeah, uh, but Salcedo, when called upon uh, in those moments, was really good.
1: Consistently, all consistently,
0: uh, he's been off with international duty. Fairly often. He's missed a few games because of it. Never any that, like, really hurt us. Almost missed a game, but then didn't. Yeah, it came back because the thought of playing P- Aaron Mond in defense was not a good yeah. one, apparently. yeah. And that's a, well, that's got to be damning for Aaron Mond.
1: Well, I mean, not to go back to Aaron Mond, but he kind of did it to himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but that, that to me, is... That's death
0: now. It's when... You have no central defenders on the bench, uh, You and Aramond is fit. Like In that, that's, that's not a good sign for one's time at a club. Yeah. And I think he can be a good defender. Anyway, well, Carlos, say Alcena. No. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll stop I hope we long-term. keep him long-term. I've got points to make by Because him, but... he's been really good. He's been good at left-back, he's been good at right-back, <laughs> and primarily when... he's been good at center-back. I remember when
1: he played left back. Left back might have been a reserve game. Probably was. But. Also, he played defensive midfield a lot last year in the reserves. Yeah. a little. I don't know about a lot, some. It seemed like every time I watched the reserves, he was playing center. Yeah. He was playing the back of I'd
0: say, actually, most of them were probably at center back. We just didn't get a chance to see most of the
1: games. And you are probably right about that. Yeah. I would trust you more than I would trust me with oh, that good. knowledge. But right. I do remember watching at least two or three games where he played that center defensive. Oh, yeah, and football. he did play it sometimes. Great. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, fantastic for a reserve team. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily be super comfortable with him with the MLS first team playing defensive. No,
0: he definitely... He, he's a different sort of player than we want for that spot. Yeah. We want, we want the best of both worlds. If we could merge Carlos Salcedo and Cole Grossman into one player, that's optimal. Yeah. Yeah, he'd have really good hair, too. (laughs) And not that weird. I'm I'm just
1: thinking of Carlos Salcedo's hair right now. Yeah, his toupee. His uh, Waldo Faldo haircut. I don't know Waldo Faldo. Family matters. Okay. That's much more your speed than mine. Not really your speed, your Time. Era, yeah. Wait, who was he friends with? Steve Urkel. No, Urkel. There's Urkel, and then there's the, the older brother, and I forget his name. But the, I remember the older brother. The older brother with the flat top. Yeah. He had his friend Waldo Faldo, who had a very similar haircut to... I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But anyway, and then we're gonna watch Family Matters. All right.
0: Or as no. I called it as a kid, Urkel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um no, Salcedo was
0: hey, of him
1: in the back. pretty great consistently. Every single time. And again, he was not so much unknown um coming into the season, so we kinda yeah. knew he'd be good. But he's still definitely a very young player. Um that is very good. Sorry, I just saw a great tweet. I, I can't fill time anymore. Right. Matt, I need your help.
0: Save me, man. I, I think we done. said
1: pretty much all there is to say about Salcedo.
0: Okay, let's move on. Joel Plata. He was a breakout player not because he didn't play really well last year, but because he transitioned into a goal scorer this year. Which is a great tactical role. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, uh, Joel Plata took it more on himself to score. And it turns out... He's really good at it. really good at it. Yeah. Um, And and he made our season. And that's why he's a breakout player. Not because we didn't expect him to do well, but because he did well in a way that I don't think we necessarily expected him to.
1: Well, he did... Yes. But, I mean, just as far as pure, basic, simple numbers. Goals and assists. Yeah. He... Far exceeded my expectations.
0: Yeah, nine goals. No, or 13 goals,
1: nine assists. 13, 12 goals, nine assists. 13 goals. I thought he had double digit assists. Did he not? I don't think so. Or maybe I'm thinking of last year. Didn't he have double digit last year? I don't know. Uh, so. Whatever. Anyway, a high number of goals and a high number of assists. Um, Just great numbers, great player. And he's uh, oh, 13 and 6, actually. Last year? This year.
0: This year, 13 and 6. Yeah, only six assists. Yeah, eight assists last year. So,
1: how many did he have last year?
0: Eight. So actually, he he had two fewer assists all, and our strikers weren't performing well, uh, but he scored significantly more goals. That's that's just he's really cool. If
1: I really like him. Oh, remember when we were talking about um, if Finley had scored ten goals along with our midfield scoring all the goals? Yeah, he would have sixteen assists.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe. Like well, Javier Morales also
1: provides assistant for <laughs> players and had well, quite a I'm, few of himself, so. Maybe. I think he had 9 <laughs> and 13. Could be. Anyway, that's where I to me. No, Plata um <coughs> in a lot of ways just definitely was uh really good. Really really good. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. All those words sure. are accurate. Plotsa, just going back to when we got. And he him. scored
0: two headed goals. Hold on, hold on. He scored two headed goals this year. We don't need to justify him being on the list any more than that. No, we really don't. He's five foot two and he scored two headed goals. <laughs> End of.
1: Full stop. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on. I'm just going back to. I just again when we picked up Plotsa, I thought it was the dumbest move we've ever made, like as an organization. Clearly. Really? No, not really. But I thought it was a bad pickup. I thought we'd have him wow. for a year, then give him... Well, just... Again, yeah, I've explained this a okay. hundred times, but look at his record before we picked him up. Abysmal. Yeah. At best.
0: His first season, he had uh, three goals and
1: five assists. Not bad. In how many appearances? 26. And then he went back to Ecuador. Oh, yeah. There were personnel he did issues. did nothing. Like, and then he went don- back to Toronto and also did nothing.
0: Yeah. He was at Toronto.
1: I know, there's reasons for him not being a good player, but I thought he was going to be a bad player for us. Huh. And last season, he was not a bad player for us. Not at all. This season, he's, he's quite an even good. better player for us. That's true. And so, no, I think... And yeah. now he's hold he's mind. being called back up to the Ecuador national team. Yeah. I think we're going to struggle to hold on to him. If not this off season, next transfer window... And the one after that, we're gonna really struggle to hold on to Joao Plata.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll have to pay him a lot more. <laughs> he, yeah. he he uh on the books makes eighty thousand a year. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if he had his second job. Working as like an administrative assistant or something for Deloitte Hansen, which would just be code for here's a bunch of
1: money. <laughs> An administrative assistant making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, at, at least. <laughs> I've always wondered if
0: things like that happen. I don't know that they do, and there's no way of really knowing.
1: I kind of feel like if you have like a professional contract, there's got to be something in there that says you can't have a second job. Yeah, like correct. some kind of.
0: What if a, he just gets not like... a
1: non compete clause, but something like that? You know. What yeah. I mean?
0: What if he just gets like the company credit card? <laughs> yeah. Deloitte Hansen's personal credit card. What if he just calls up Deloitte and says, hey, I need uh, a new Camaro. A new Camaro. A bitch Camaro. <laughs> you know the no, song. I, yeah. I love the
1: song. I do know. Um,
0: I ran over my neighbor. You ran over your neighbor? What do yeah. you bitchin Camaro?
1: I know the phrase. I don't know what it's...
0: You don't know the song? No, I don't, I'm not I'll play the song, the song in a minute. All night.
1: right. We'll put it on the podcast. Maybe.
0: Probably. Probably we'll forget, actually.
1: Maybe. Um, no, I do know, having talked to people who would know these kinds of things, um, that built into contract with players like Plata, who should definitely be paid more, um, they have things like that. Not like the company credit card. Oh, yeah. Is at their disposal. But they have ways of paying them a lot more. They than have ways of making them talk. Yeah. And the problem is, they can't... Just simply say, "Oh yeah, Dual Plot is only making 80000 and then build in bonuses that make him make four hundred thousand. Oh yeah, because they have to be approved by the league, and the league only lets you get away with so much. Yeah, with a salary cap. But yeah, yeah, he he will have to be paid a lot more than he is, and I think uh, the, I'm certain he will be. I think he will definitely be one of the biggest benefactors of the new CBA that we come up with.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if we pan like. 400,000 under the new CBA, that'll be like 10 million flat. It won't be that. But if I'm wishfully thinking things, we're also going
1: to sign. Can can we go on a tangent for a second? Yeah. Dream CBA situation. Okay. As far as salary cap, um, DP number of slots, and DP salary cap hit. Yes. What's yours? I well, dream dream realistic scenario what what do you think are real numbers that we could actually see uh 5 million for a salary cap? yeah with uh dp's does it stay at 3 uh, No,
0: going for like 500,000 no um, i
1: mean i mean dp slots per team does uh, it stay no. at 3 it,
0: um or do they give us yeah, four? yeah maybe it stays at 3 with the, with like the the lower limit substantially increasing
1: what lower limit or so, you like, I the, the cap it, yeah, increasing from 380, whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is now. Maybe it'll be like 600,000. I don't know. So, if it's 600,000, let's say, yeah, five or six, what does Sabo make right now? Like is 350, it five? Three, 400. I thought he made like 450 or five. Nah. No. what does Morales make? Uh, about 400. Morales is like just barely over. Uh, he is
0: actually more over than Saberia. Okay, I believe, but I'm not. I thought certain. I thought
1: it was Sabario was significantly o- not significantly over, but over comfortably, yeah. and then Morales was just barely over.
0: Yeah, w- like we can talk about it, but we still don't. Like this doesn't tell us their actual cap hit. So. Sure.
1: Does if it goes up to four or five hundred thousand, does Morales or Sabario no longer become a DP? Well, yeah, naturally. Or do you think they just renegotiate their contracts and make them DPs again? I don't know.
0: Uh, I think this is. This is, I think, the last year of Morales' contract coming up or is Morales in 2015. Hmm? Um, and I think maybe next year's his last year. I don't think there would be too much controversy in that. What, next year? Yeah. I don't think so either. So, I don't know. Uh, Saberio, it's hard to say. I don't know. There, there are huge unknowns. So, so
1: if 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 it goes up to five million and three DP slots at 500,000 apiece. Yeah. Let's say that leaves a I'm, lot I'm, of room. To I'm struggling team. to think of a player that would benefit from those moves more than Plata. Um, Chris Schuler would be on that list. I mean, just like in general, MLS. Oh yeah, Players yeah. Players that are worth way more than what they're getting paid.
0: Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? What Freddie Montero?
1: What do you mean? He how, his, how his
0: mean? first year in Seattle, he was paid. I think it may have been the developmental salary.
1: Stop moving the table.
0: I'm trying. Uh, his second year he was paid like 400
1: Yeah, He wasn't a DP. It couldn't, but have, been, it couldn't have been a developmental contract. Yeah. Cause he was, I thought
0: they pulled him from a Colombian team. That doesn't mean he can't be paid a developmental
1: contract. I thought it meant exactly that it did. I thought developmental contracts were specifically for non-professionals. I don't think so. I can mean, see he's are... being like on a minimum salary. Yeah, he, but a he development contract's paid... different from minimum salary.
0: Well, and they were different in 2011 too. Yeah, but anyway, he was he was being paid pennies. Yeah, and then he he made a lot the next year, and then he was gone, off to Portugal. So yeah, and where he remains to this day, I think. Yeah, good for him. Anyway, that's it. Plato will probably make a lot more money, and hopefully, we don't just see him leave the next year.
1: I want him to be here forever. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If teams are interested in him now or are going to be in the future. Yeah. I mean, you got to know that teams will probably be interested in him in the future. Not, and yeah. I'm, I'm not talking MLS teams. I mean, yeah, European teams watching the Ecuadorian national team watching him play. Of course. Will be interested in him. Um, do you? Let me let me pose this question to you. Pose away. Say that you're i expecting, um, expecting Joao Plata to be worth... I'm expecting a Joel Plata. ...to be worth a multi-million dollar transfer fee... Okay. ...in a year or two. Um, okay. Say that on, on his path. That's, okay. That's not too unrealistic, I don't think. Not necessarily. Do you pay him buku bucks now... ...in an attempt to... Um, ...and give him like a, a huge fat contract keep him happy and keep him here? Or do you pay him reasonable money on the th- thinking that he will probably not be on the team in two years? I think you pay him good money. Like really good money to keep him here?
0: Yeah. You know who really likes him? Deloitte? One Mr. Hanson. <laughs> Makes a
1: difference. And Mr. Hanson will probably pay lots of money to keep him. Yeah. And right, or be so, willing to. Oh, yeah.
0: And I I think like there's a... Pretty good chance we could keep Plata in the long term. Like, he clearly really enjoys it here. Like, this is sort of his new home, right? Yeah. I'm, and he, he's adopted it.
1: Yeah. So, I don't I'm, know. I'm just thinking, long-term future here. Yeah. You say long-term, you mean like... I mean four or five years. Four or five years. Okay. Yeah. So, in the next four or five we years... We also
0: have a remarkable line of keeping very good players. You're sissy Yeah. That's uh, where I go to. Yeah. And, and, and Robbie Finley. Yeah, well and Robbie Finley was a was a case of, of taking a good chance in England
1: and, and yeah, you know we can talk but about But we it. didn't we didn't hang on to him, that's my point. Yeah. Whether we wanted to at the time or not is another matter. Whether he wanted but to or not is another 2010 matter. Two thousand ten MLS is also
0: pretty different.
1: Yes, for sure. So, and two thousand ten
0: to two thousand fifteen was coming up, I mean
1: Yeah. So, um We're it, on the up in the next four to five years. Okay you're going to have at least two, maybe three, very high-profile tournaments that if he continues featuring for the Ecuador national team, he will feature in. And they will be the kind of tournaments where players will move around teams afterwards if they have good performances. So if he's part of that Ecuador national team, and he's at Copa America, and he's at Copa Centenario, and then he's at the next World Cup in 2018, which is, okay, four years from now, I was going to say three and a half, but it's splitting hairs here. Yeah, it's three and three quarters, but who's can. Yeah. So he's going to have those
0: three tournaments.
1: Yeah. Potentially.
0: Actually, who knows when the 2018 World Cup... Oh, wait, that's Russia, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, it'll probably be summer. <laughs> They'll do that one in the winter. Winter in Russia, it's a good way to, to win things. Yeah. So... Germany would not win that World Cup.
1: Assuming he's on those that teams, at, you, at, least, at least for the first two of those tournaments. Um, you really think we can hang on to him if he puts some great performances there? That's why I said four years. So you think we give him up just before the World Cup? No, it it would be after.
0: But there, there are like huge amounts of assumptions there. Eh?
1: <laughs> I know. Like I said, we're on a tangent, and it's...
0: It's uh, at least about Plata, so that's better than most of our tangents. <laughs> okay, let's move on to a player that frustrated me a lot. Uh, and, and is... Our top breakout player and your
1: player of the year award winner for RSL. Player of the regular season. Player of the regular season. Yeah, Yeah, that's right.
0: And I think it's important to break those out because if you have a really good postseason, like that doesn't reflect your regular season necessarily, but you can win an award anyway. So I wanted to break it out so we have those clear separations and we can kind of evaluate what just happened. Yeah. Because we've got a nasal gaze a little bit. Well, last game was on a Wednesday, so.
1: <laughs> anyway. We had bombs um,
0: break. We're going to be so rested. Yeah, yeah. Rested as all get out. It's going to be awesome. Okay.
1: Anyway. Uh,
0: Luke, Luke Mulholland. Mulholland. Hey, we did that really well. Uh, that was not bad.
1: We should, uh, we should start a podcast. <laughs> Practice those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, no, Luke Mulholland, I mean, I think we kind of touched on it earlier. He was the most unknown going into preseason. Yeah. Um, nobody outside of the team, I think, had really heard of him or knew who he was or what he was about. There were other teams in MLS that were interested. I mean, fans of RSL. Oh yeah, yeah. RSL fans. No he clue played against guys. us once, uh, three years
0: ago. Oh yeah. I'm not saying everyone knew about him, but like it's kind of <laughs> cool. Was yeah. It with Wilmington
1: Hammerheads, was he? I think he so. wasn't with Minnesota. Or was he with Minnesota? See, I yeah. seem to remember he was with Minnesota, and that's where he played against us. But it could have been Wilmington. Yeah, be right. I don't remember now. Anyway, a couple years ago, it was Wilmington.
0: Us. Was it? Yeah, he was. He was at Minnesota also in 2011, so not in 2012 when we played Minnesota.
1: That's right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway, he was pretty much an unknown quantity. Yeah, nobody had any idea what to expect of him. Absolutely. Came into preseason, got a bunch of minutes, and honestly, I thought he was getting a bunch of minutes in preseason. Just so the team could look at him because they'd never really seen him before. He was just a new And maybe signing. that was the case. And maybe it was, but he played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, he, he played acceptable, definitely well enough to earn a spot. He he was one of the better players for us during the preseason.
0: Yeah. a preseason, as we know, is not the greatest indicator of how a person's regular season will be.
1: But it, it gives you a good indication of who's yeah. going to be playing the first two or three games. Yeah. As it did. And he played the first two or three games, and then... Played the next couple of games after that, and then kept playing games. Yeah, and the whole time, you were definitely pretty critical of him. Yeah, as was I. He was not
0: great in his consistency. He had he, good moments. He, he, a, he looked a, like he didn't fit entirely.
1: He had a couple faults. Yeah, and then he. But he, even even in that during out. the preseason, he was not the preseason during the early season. He was still the a aperture? good player. Yeah, because that's what we've done here. He was a good player. Yeah. Um, when Gill came in, which we were all hoping for, we were like, "When is this Mulholland experiment going to end?" And let's just get back to playing Gill. Yeah. Gill came in, didn't really outshine him at all. Yeah. And gave Mulholland chances to get back into his uh, position, and just played better. Yeah, like we talked about before, he he just played better than Gil all year.
0: Mulholland had that red card. Let's talk about that. Actually, he
1: had. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of poor games that Mulholland had. That was he might have had two, and that was one.
0: Let's see when in the season that was. It was against
1: Chivas. At StubHub.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: About August something. Yeah. No June. June twenty eighth. Okay, well, mid season. Yeah,
0: mid season. Uh, he he'd been starting matches regularly. Actually, he didn't start the season. He only started uh, his well. His first start was
1: the second game, but then he went back to being a sub. That's right. He but he came on as a sub. He was yeah. he came on as a sub in L A. Right, and got that goal called off. That was garbage. Yeah, but we all counted it anyway. And
0: then we didn't have to because he scored in his next game. Yeah. In the 3-3 draw against San Jose. Ugh. Yeah. How dismal. Dismal's a good word.
1: That's right. He, he didn't start the first couple of games, but he did come on as a sub and he impressed. Yeah. And he looked great. And then that's kind of how he earned his starting position. You're right.
0: Yeah. Now I'm just. Looking I mean, obviously
1: minutes, you're so. right. You're looking at it, but, but I'm remembering things better now.
0: Then he had that red card. Nine minutes into the game. <laughs> totally deserved red card. Yeah. Awful not, tackle. Not, not a question. Uh, And he went back to being a sub. Uh, Came back, started another game. Uh,
1: Hasn't looked
0: back since, actually. He has started every game he's
1: played since then. When was the last time he did not start a game? Uh, The nil-nil draw against Portland. Give me a date. October
0: 17th. Really?
1: Yeah. That seems like not that
0: long ago. It was, like, two weeks ago. Less than two weeks ago.
1: You just... Never mind. Never mind.
0: And and that was, I think, just giving Gil a chance to get back in and, and giving Bull Holland a rest. He actually stayed home for that one. Yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Uh, and then he also didn't play uh, August 2nd against Colorado. Uh, that, I think, was just a case of rest because the games were pretty tight. It was... Uh, it was July 30th, and then August 2nd.
1: Yeah. So. Anyway, for the most part, a model of consistency. Contributed yeah. um, offensively, contributed defensively. He, he did have his couple of moments throughout the season. Yeah. Um, where he was a little bit sketchy. Yeah, and I But think... he, even in those sketchy moments, like, they, they were just that moments. Yeah. He really didn't have more than... I mean, outside of that Chivas game where he got the red. Yeah. He really didn't have games where he was just bad all game. Yeah. He had a couple games where he was bad in the second half. And And that was actually my biggest criticism of And then he started having games where he was bad in the second half of the second half. And then he... And then he kind of just figured it all
0: out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he started going 90 minutes regularly.
1: How How many goals and assists did he end the regular season with? Quite a few. Because I feel like it was like six goals and like f- six assists. Six and seven, actually. Ah, which
0: clubs. um for your first season of the, in MLS, that's... That's pretty good. We got a little diamond in the rough. Yeah. Turns out scouting is useful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Turns out.
0: Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah. So, Luke Mahalan, so, clearly the breakout player of the season. Uh came in with no expectations. We're going to have high expectations for him next year, so hopefully he doesn't make the end of performers next year when we do this <laughs> podcast in a year. Yeah. Because we'll definitely be that consistent.
1: We will strive to be as consistent as Luke Mahal.
0: Our first half of the podcast season was a little <laughs> shaky.
1: But a little shaky. We haven't scored a
0: goal in a while, though. So no, we, we should, really haven't. We,
1: should, uh, we need to pick up our offensive production. Yeah. I don't know. Improve our chances. We've been
0: we've been good in the build-up. So yeah, we've been
1: creating chances, but us just haven't been putting them away. I
0: think that wraps up our season recap. Pretty much. Uh, Let's take a short break. I kind of want some ice cream. Ice cream? I have ice cream. Will I get ice cream? No. (laughs) So, did you say please, Trevor?
1: can I please have some ice cream.
0: Can you? Don't you dare!
1: <laughs> May I please have some ice cream, Matthew Bartholomew Montgomery?
0: Bartholomew? It's Howard, but thank you. Oh, that was close. I uh, kind of actually. Yeah, there's an actually H R, really R, So an H and O, a W, an A, and an R. No D. Mm. And it's not Howard. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's, All right. Let's so take a break. I want some mint ice cream. We'll be right back. Isn't that cool? What candy
1: cane ice cream? Candy cane? Candy cane. Oh, I thought it was going to be like mint chocolate chip. No. I said mint. That's what made me think of it. Oh. But now I'm excited for candy cane ice cream. Okay. All right.
0: Uh, we'll be back. We'll talk uh, a quick playoff preview because we all know what LA Galaxy is. Yeah, there we're, we're going to touch on that for like one
1: like. half of one second, so.
0: And then we'll talk a little MLS news and then we'll release thee from thy uh, commitments to listen Mortal to the rest oil. of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> From the commandments to listen to the rest of the podcast Do so. it, yeah, break Break Ooh. Okay, so it's just me now Trevor has gone to the sink You might hear that in the background He is currently rinsing out his ice cream bowl
1: I'm, I'm being a good guest
0: He didn't take my bowl though So he's being well, a slightly good guest But not I'm a great the guest.
1: Best guest
0: He's being alright yeah. He can come back next time he gets my vote of approval on next visit rights. He gets visitation rights.
1: What are we talking about next, Matt?
0: Uh, Trevor, they can't hear you.
1: Yes, they can. What are we talking about next?
0: Oh, they can hear you, probably. Uh, we are talking about da, 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 the playoffs. Uh, we're playing LA Galaxy Saturday. Um There's a chili cook-off, which is also notable. I'm making a chili. It'll be far too hot. Uh, Last year I used like eight ghost peppers, I think. No, there were like six ghost peppers, which was not enough. Uh, And so I have ghost peppers, uh, moruga scorpions, and uh, naga vipers.
1: Let me tell you something about the chili cook-off. Okay. There's two events that we do every single year. Okay. I say we, like I'm involved. I'm not. I, you go. It's Section 26 that does it, right? Yeah. Two events at Section Great 26. Great people. Fantastic people that they put on every single year. And I look forward to them all year. And one is the brew ale. The No, not the brew ale. The homebrew. The re-ale. Yeah. Brew ale works. <laughs> fantastic. Brew ale Salt Lake. <laughs> anyway, uh, the re-ale, which is the homebrew, which is always fantastic. Great time. Yeah. And then there's the chili cook-off. Yeah. And I think the the real is probably more fun. Not for me. Probably just because. Making chili is. Probably just because it's alcohol. But the chili cook-off is fantastic, and I'm really excited for it. I was one of the few.
0: Yeah, there
1: were probably 15, 20 people who tried mine. That tried yours? Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I am pretty sure I went back for seconds. And there was a lot of other chilies there that I definitely did not go back to seconds for. Yeah,
0: my my chili may not have had the most taste, <laughs> or the or most may flavor.
1: Definitely have had the most taste. Uh,
0: but it was flavor probably not. Yeah, easily the spiciest by far. And my goal is to make a spicier chili this year. Well, I'm really excited. I have some ideas. We'll see. What the peppers? With my peppers, yeah. Something other than peppers to make it hot. Oh no, Spice. no what? No, just ideas on making the chili
1: generally. Okay. I think I'm
0: gonna roast things more. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm not a I don't make chili, so
0: I only make spicy chili. Or um, like meaty kinda like okay chili, but not good chili. I wouldn't say I'm a great chili maker. I'm a great spicy chili maker. Yes. Whether whatever the taste is, I don't know. It's just spicy.
1: <laughs> okay. But okay, let's anyway. actually talk about the playoffs. Play in L.A., first leg here, second leg there. Yeah. The last five times RSL has been in a two-leg series, and we have started at home. For the first leg, we have won. That's a stat. I'm just... facts. Facts only here. Yeah, none of those have been with the way goals rules, so... That's true. Yeah. For some reason, I thought we had it backwards. I thought we'd been doing the goals the last forever, and then all of a sudden this year, they were like, no more away goals. And I was really excited. And then, <laughs> turns out... Turns out you could have been happy this whole time,
0: but weren't. And no, now it's I, the way you eh. wish it hadn't been.
1: I just... I don't really like away goals. I don't know if they are particularly meaningful. Here's here's my problem with away goals, and I don't know if, the, if MLS is actually doing it this year. My problem with away goals comes when you have extra time... As another tiebreaker, yeah, or as the second tiebreaker, I guess. Right. So what happens is you have extra time on the second leg if if the they're tied regardless of away goals or no, because it's away goals first. Right. Okay. This this is why it's stupid because the second team gets a home field advantage. So it's not you lose that balance there. Yeah. Because you get ninety minutes at one stadium and one hundred twenty minutes at the next. Right. Right. So you get that that kind of home field advantage. Um, on top of that, if it's tied, and the away team scores the first goal, then all, then it doesn't count double. And I hate it when people say that. Yeah, you know. But what it means is that the home team now needs to score two goals because they need to score two goals. They can't go to penalty kicks if the away team scores. Yeah. Because then they own that tiebreaker. So if they tie yeah. it again, then the away team wins. On that tiebreaker. Yeah. If the home team scores first, and then the away team scores in the 122nd minute, and ties it on the away aggregate, team, but then, but then they own the tiebreaker, then they win. So basically yeah. the home team needs to score two goals an extra time. Yeah. Period. All right, or not concede a goal. Or not concede a goal, which is an option, I suppose. Yeah, I, as a
0: <laughs> fan of Italian football, you should be all
1: for that. It's a stupid way to do it. Yeah. If you have extra time at the end of set. if you just go okay. straight to penalty kicks, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, no. Do away goals. Nobody does that, and it's stupid, that's what I'm saying. Okay. But anyway, hopefully away we goals don't have to do the extra
0: time, we just win like eight nil on Saturday and then sixteen nil on Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Wednesday?
1: No, I thought it was Sunday.
0: The next game? Yeah. Is it a week later? I thought it was. I don't know
1: if you're right. I thought it was a week later because they're taking a break for the international games and then they're coming no, back. Yeah, so like... they're
0: taking a break uh, so there will be no mid-series breaks. Unlike yeah. last year.
1: Look at the schedule. I'm looking, is. but I know that's the case. So there's no like break between the first and second game. Right. I thought there was a break between the... F- the.
0: There's a break between the first and the semis and the... Final or in the conference finals. Yeah. That's, and then that's between the conference finals and the MLS Cup. Okay, so Yeah, so looking, I I think it's looking, I looking, think looking, it's looking.
1: Saturday and Sunday and then a break. And then it's probably like Saturday and Sunday again. Let's look. And then a break and then MLS Cup. December seventh.
0: That was, that was what it was last year. Okay, so our first game obviously is Saturday. No oh yeah. Oh, it is, okay, it is Saturday-Sunday, you're right. Uh, and then there is, so there's not a break, just Saturday-Sunday.
1: Saturday-Sunday, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Saturday-Sunday for the first and, home and away.
0: And then there's the international break.
1: And then the international break.
0: And then... Uh, and then there's
1: another Saturday-Sunday? Yeah. And then is it another break, and then the MLS Cup?
0: I believe so. Okay. There may not be a second break there. I don't
1: know. Either way, it's Saturday, Sunday. We'll cross that bridge if we get to it. Yeah, we'll worry about that. Which we probably will, let's be honest. I hope so. I'm just saying, I'm pretty confident. Uh, I'm scared.
0: It's Landon Donovan's last two games.
1: Yeah, so he'll probably choke. That
0: would be awesome. <laughs> but, I worry. Historically because narrative... Speaking,
1: Landon Donovan has not been the person on L.A. that... um, He he has not performed well against RSL. It's always been somebody else. He's performed well against us a few times, though. But, I mean, when you go into play L.A., you say, who's the threat? It's Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan, and this season, Jossie Zardes. In years past, it was... You're just
0: delighted over that, aren't you?
1: I'm not really, but... And we'll talk about that later. Okay. Not really delighted about that. But in years past, it was Mike McGee, or it was David Beckham, yeah, you know somebody else. But it was always Landon Donovan and company, Landon yeah. Donovan and friends. But really, historically speaking, he hasn't really been fantastic against us. Yeah, I don't know how many goals he scored against RSL, but it's not many. Some, 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 but not many. Yeah, um,
0: and not as many as Robbie Keane probably. Oh, probably, probably actually more, because he's
1: been there for a longer time. Much longer time. During the time that Robbie Keane has been here? Yeah. Less. True. Probably. I'm fairly confident in saying that.
0: I think um, I think you're right, but I don't, I don't actually know.
1: Zarda scored against us earlier this year. Yeah. Um, Keane has scored against us a number of times. Yeah. Um, also had a penalty stopped in the first game of the season. Was it Keane that took that penalty? Yeah. Did Donovan take the next penalty that Romano stopped? Probably, I don't know. I feel like it was Donovan. Could have been Keane. But anyway, it, I, I just feel very confident. Even though the regular season, we were about as evenly matched as you could get. Yeah. Uh, they beat We beat them one nothing yeah. in L.A. Then I think the next game was at Rio Tinto and we tied. Yeah. And then we went back to L.A. and they beat us one nothing.
0: That's pretty evenly matched.
1: So one nothing, one nothing, 1-1. One one. Thanks for making Is me how, feel happy, Trevor. How it's been through the regular season. But I, I just think we're a better team. I hope so. And I know help. the regular season doesn't say that because they finished second. We
0: finished They finished second well ahead of us. But if we'd actually beat Chivas,
1: we would have finished ahead of them. So. Yeah. And on top of our chances, besides our chances, I should say. They're going to be fantastic games. Yeah, LA I plays. Hope so. LA plays a style that is complementary to the style that we play. Yeah, it's really weird. It, it's it, it's like the best matchup in MLS. It really is. You I know,
0: mean, it, it's, it's not it's like a rivalry. It's not like Salt Lake Portland where it's all going to get clogged up. It's going to be open. It's going to be fast. It's going to you know. It's just going to be good.
1: It, it's know, like maybe. Seattle and Portland, except with better defense. Yeah, with defense? <laughs> yeah, with defense. Yeah. Seattle-Portland last year. All of those games with Seattle-Portland and last year were just great fun. That's... With cool. terrible defense, but great fun. Yeah. Okay, so...
0: Some big news ahead of the playoffs. Uh, one, Mr. Chris Schuler should be back in contention. Uh, and it's looking... I've, Garth Lagerwey has said that he is ready. Garth Lagerwey doesn't usually lie about these things. And if he is going to lie, he's going to tell the truth, but craft it in such a way that it's you'll interpret it incorrectly. But he pretty much said Schuler's starting this weekend. Yeah. And you don't say that if he's not actually going to start. Yeah. You don't say, we're going to start our best player at center back. You might say that at forward, like, oh yeah, we're going to start Saburillo and then start Jaime. Like that, that tactically, like you could do some manipulative stuff. Yeah. Because you prepare differently. You don't, yeah, you don't, you prepare differently in your defense. You don't really prepare differently for center backs. No, you really don't. You, you do what you're going to do. Especially Lana Donovan, Robbie Keane, and J- you know, Jassy Zardes. Is it Jassy? Gassy? Jassy.
1: Jassy. You would know. With a G. Well, I watched the video videos. So he talked a lot about himself. which yeah. is not unusual for her. I need what, to talk more about the The now. video is actually about him, about how he needs to talk about himself less. Really? It was on MLS Soccer like a week or two ago. It was like a Jossi Zardes feature. Oh. Huh. It was talking about, you remember how when he like signed for the league? Yeah. Or signed, uh, he spoke about himself like in the third person and was like, Jossi Zardes is going to be the best player MLS has ever seen or something like that. Yeah. And he was like that for a, a little bit. And now, basically, he's like... And then Robbie King kicked him (laughs) in his sleep. (laughs) Fell asleep on the bus and just,
0: like, kicked him.
1: He was saying that that's not the person he was before. And he's not that person anymore. And how he's a lot more reserved. And he's just taking his time and focusing on being a good professional. And And it's paying off. Being the best for his team. And now it's paying off. And he's a much better player now. True. Which I'm really bummed about for L.A., what I'm really excited about for the national team. You think I'll play with the national team? Oh yeah, he's in a January camp shoe in. Are you kidding me? Is he an American citizen? Yeah, I thought there were questions about whether, like, his eligibility. I don't think there's any questions with Juhaszardo. I think he's 100. percent Born and raised in California.
0: I'm gonna look that up. I mean, Just out a, of curiosity.
1: He's a homegrown player. He went through the L.A. Academy and then played yeah. at U.C. Santa Barbara.
0: Well, we've had pl- there are plenty of players who go through the academy who.
1: That's true. That's not really a for sure. And, and but I, I'm pretty sure he was born in California. Oh,
0: yeah, you're right. Huh.
1: Where was he born? What city? Hawthorne. Hawthorne? Hawthorne. Hawthorne Heights? No, Hawthorne. Hawthorne?
0: Hawthorne, California. <laughs> now, I'd like, maybe there are heights there.
1: <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I, I think he's a uh, shoo in for the January camp, but I'm really excited to see what he does yeah, that'll be good. for the national team. On LA,
0: he also did not
1: go to Santa Barbara. He went to Bakersfield. That
0: poor guy.
1: University is it California Bakersfield? Cal State Bakersfield. Cal State Bakersfield. He spent
0: three years in Bakersfield. No wonder he had an inflated ego. (laughs) (laughs) He was probably the most important thing there. Probably was. Well, no, factually he was. He was a really good player. And and I will say this: Baker is cooler than Bakersfield because they have the giant thermometer.
1: That was broken last time. Was it broken? No. (laughs) That's depressing. A little bit. It was the world's largest thermometer. I think it was. I don't think it is anymore. Probably not. I think there's one probably in Dubai or something. Probably. No. It would make sense. Yeah. Spend money on something worthless. Maybe I was thinking of Darlington Nagby. Darlington Nagby has issues. He is technically right now currently only available for Liberia. Yeah. And has shown zero interest in playing for Liberia. or probably going there right now. (laughs) And who (laughs) would... Probably. Yeah. But no, he married an American girl and is working on getting his... From what I understand, I think he's got his green card. How old is he? He's like 24, 25. Um, Old enough that I'm not really excited about him anymore. Okay. I know that there, there was, for a long time, a lot of people that were like... Doyle to Nagby's going to be the future of the national team, and he's going to save our bacon. They all and, lived in Portland. And, no, one of them lives at MLS HQ. Which one? Doyle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Doyle. Doyle loves him. and really, Doyle loves Grabovoi, so he's he's all right in my i he, Yeah, I'm, 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 he's got justifications. Yeah. But this season is not one of them. No. Nagby has been a joke all season. So is Portland, to be fair. Yeah. But I maintain that if you're a good player on a bad team, you can still be a good player. Cuba Torres is a great example. Perfect
0: example. I don't even think Portland was a bad team. They were... They had issues. Just that stem from where? Caleb Porter, probably? I'd go higher. No, I'm going to go Caleb Porter.
1: I'm gonna I go know going Ma- to gonna go Merit Paulson. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I think the attitude starts at the top, and that's, it's a, I think it's just an attitude problem with that team. Will Johnson even said so. Yeah. I think when he said that they have heart of a lion and brains of a goldfish, which I think he was describing Mayor Paulson at the time. He
0: was actually describing the team, but. Well. You think it was a, the team was a metaphor for yeah. Mayor Paulson? I like that. <laughs> You're reading a lot in the subtext there, and I'd like that about it.
1: I like this development. Subtext <laughs> is important, Anyway, um, so we're playing L.A. Yay! I think that's... regard I, I, again, Regardless of whether or not we win, I think we probably will. I
0: think we'll have our first choice lineup. I think we will. When was the last time we had our first choice lineup? It's been a while. Have we had it this season? Yeah, beginning of the season. Did a little know? bit, sometimes. I think part of it was at the beginning of the season, we thought Gil was part of our first choice eleven.
1: Well, I'm trying to think. schuler has been here most of the season. Yeah. Oh, we're going to look stuff up again. This is what's taking so long. We're looking stuff up. <laughs> Trevor, it's important to be right. You're right. and not just It is straight. important to be right. It's going to be fantastic two games. Yeah. I feel like. I think you're right. Whether we win or lose, I think we're going to play very well. And I think LA is going to play very well. And whoever comes out of it... um. I'm not going to say that L.A. will have deserved to come out of it if they win, but they will have earned it, at least. Yeah. And then we get to go on to play whoever beats Seattle and Dallas. Yeah. I sure hope we get there. I really wish it was Seattle and Vancouver, though.
0: So the reason I don't think we thought we had a first-choice 11 at the beginning was because Gil was out... uh, and then once Mulholland got to be our genuine first choice and we recognized that fact, Sabari was that. Okay. That so, makes sense. So I think this will be our first chance to have a like a real first choice starting eleven. With a mask. With a mask. Good for him. Masks are creepy. But I will apparently still like him one, just as Matt. Apparently
1: much. this one looks like makes him look like Hannibal Lecter. That's creepy. Which I don't really By because it's his eye bones that are, and a Hannibal Lecter mask like comes up to. Well, you have to keep keep the full thing secure, right? It's a it's a sinus break, uh, so right. What I'm saying is, I think this kind of mask, like going over his eyes and his nose, covering his eyebrows and leaving the bottom half of his face open. Yeah, that's not a Hannibal mask, but that is I think the mask that would make more sense. I think it'll probably be basically full face.
0: Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Yeah, uh, because you just you don't want to screw that up. <laughs> yeah, you, you want really Chris Schuler to be able to see next year. I have
1: an eyeball next
0: year. Yeah, you there are, there are not many one-eyed defenders. <laughs> you need depth
1: perception to play soccer well. I suspect. Yes. I bet. I bet he could learn. I do know a guy who only has one eye, and he does play soccer occasionally. Is he good? I mean. How much of that is down to sight and how much is down to skill? It's hard to say. Yeah. I I don't want to badmouth him because he might listen to this. Really? Maybe. That would (laughs) be... We have a listener? (laughs) But, uh, yeah. No, he does refuse to play basketball, though. And baseball. Probably baseball.
0: That's understandable. They're both kind of (laughs) boring.
1: And the ball's coming at your face a lot more often than not. Just saying. Just saying. Stating facts. Yeah. It's a facts only zone.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to make a joke about balls and places <laughs> here, <can't laughs> Let's just end the podcast. We only had one listener question. We were going to talk about L- MLS news. Uh, LAFC's a thing. Cool. Chivas <laughs> is no longer a thing. Chivas is no longer a thing. Effective immediately. Uh, Vancouver's out of the playoffs on a dodgy call. The little Lexi Lawless thought it was good. Here's the thing.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Okay. I—that's it, the kind of call that a referee like can look at and justify. Yeah. And say this is what I saw, and you can look at it and say, I get how that's what you saw, but you're wrong. And that's really the only argument you have against it. Yeah. You saw something different from what the referee saw. Yeah. And unfortunately, what the referee saw is what actually matters. Yeah. And he was also backed up by the head of pro which may or may not carry weight with a lot of people but the fact is his boss thought I mean saw the same thing his boss was at the game not watching on TV yeah he was at the game and he came out saying that he saw the same thing that he thought it was a good call that it was the right call
0: well the two people can be wrong too
1: I'm not disagreeing
0: I I, I thought it was a garbage call someday but, we'll have handball rule reform uh if just to make people like understand what deliberation is that's the thing it's a philosophical problem
1: <laughs> it's not philosophical it is it's defined there are three things you look for to oh, no, determine that, whether or not it's handball. Yeah, it's a rule of thumb but no what's it's not a, a rule of thumb it what? is three defined it, it's three oh yeah to to oh yeah what what's what's the word i'm looking for three characteristics oh yeah that you use to determine whether or not it's deliberate yeah that, that's what that's they're true. for. It's not because the rule is but like, the deliberately handle the ball, and they say these are the criteria type. you use to decide if it's deliberate. Yeah, that's true. They should and really I think reread. Re- I think the advice to referee says Spencer's going to correct me on this, but I think it says if it meets two of the three criteria, is when you're supposed to call it. Yeah, hand moves toward the ball, right? That's one. Hand of the is criteria. in an unnatural position. Unnatural position, hand towards the ball. And so, like, if
0: it's in the depths sh- of hell. What, your hand? Your hand. You could get called for a handball because that's not really a natural
1: position for your hand. Uh, that's the other thing. They say unnatural position, but then it's like unnatural position is defined as like making yourself bigger. Yeah. <clears throat> Just saying. Wow, facts Trevor. only. Wow. Trevor. <laughs> you and the facts tonight are uh something. Okay. I always forget what the third one is. I oh. feel like I feel like it's the easiest but I always forget. Anyway. Yeah. Dodgy call, to say the least. Vancouver's out. Bummer for them. Don't really care. Except that it means that Vancouver is not playing Seattle, and I thought that would have been a much more exciting matchup than Seattle-Dallas. Yeah, but Dallas has a good chance to... I think Vancouver has a better one. I don't know. Vancouver beat them twice this year, and then they tied once. That's true. Dallas has been really good this last half of the season. They Um, were really really good. Really good. I was going to say the first half. They really like the first quarter of the season. Then they really kind of fell off when yeah. Mauro Diaz got injured.
0: Okay, uh, on the other side of the equation, Kansas City is out. And we Hallelujah. can celebrate that.
1: Oh, so happy. They deserve every moment of sadness that comes upon them. Yeah, it was uh What you of... get for being garbage the last half of the season. Yep.
0: Uh, and that's what we've got, so... So there won't be a Oh, and a, a uh, Kansas City-Houston coming over to the Western Conference.
1: As part of Chivas USA no longer existing. Yeah, so that stuff happened. And LAFC, may uh, the two new teams that are coming in in 2017 may both be playing in football stadiums, turns out. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. is pretty confident that they're going to get a site. They said they've already got the money for a stadium. But... New
0: York City's playing in a baseball stadium.
1: Yeah. So Not I a mean, football stadium. It's really kind of, we're taking steps backwards here. Ba- we haven't played in the baseball
0: stadium regularly before. That's don't yeah, our... have? Have we? Well, not us. Not RSL.
1: Oh, no. Which... Wizards played in... Uh... Oh, yeah. What's the name of the ballpark? I forget what it's called. But they played in... Uh, I think it was the Royal Stadium. Came oh. In some other baseball stadium. But it was a baseball stadium. I forgot about that. For like four years. In between Arrowhead and their new place. Okay. Livestrong? <laughs> yeah. Live strongs boarding
0: park. Okay, so that wraps up the podcast today. We, we really did have one question. Charles asked, how horrible was the Kansas City defense on the second New York goal? The answer is incredibly. The most worst. Yeah, In
1: just dismal. Dismal, I've said a lot tonight. Dismal. There was three or four people involved, and all four of them made the wrong choice. Yep. None of them did anything correct. It was pretty fantastic. Fantastic.
0: fantastic. French? Uh, Darsen Banger. <laughs> French. yeah. <laughs> Swiss French. Swiss French? Yeah. was I mean, French French. He's French French. Kind of. I thought he was like Monaco French. He, he has a lot of... Uh, he's an international man of mystery. We'll talk uh, about that after the podcast. Not really a man of mystery. He's a man of mystery. Okay. Okay, so that wraps it up for us.
1: Let's uh, see a win. Oh, predictions. I kind of pretty much laid mine out. Okay. I mean, I think we'll win the series. You mean predictions for Saturday? Yeah. I think it's a uncomfortable, but looks better on paper. Two 0 win. Okay, I'll go three 0 <laughs> Shocker. Really? Uh, Ned Grabavoy scoring one.
0: Uh, Luke Mahan scoring another. Then
1: uh, Plata scoring the last one. Okay. On a penalty. Ooh, I didn't even consider the possibility of a penalty. I think there will be, in the series, there will be a penalty, and it will be against us, and Armando's going to save it again.
0: Okay, I like that. Uh, also, the answer to Ned or Cole for this week is Ned. Thank you very much, uh, and we'll... What's the question? It doesn't matter what the question is. The answer is always Ned. Not always. We'll talk to you next week, guys.
1: Well, right. yeah,
0: probably. Yeah, adios.
1: Goodbye. Okay, I'm getting tired of just